You're listening to a podcast from JNNP. Welcome to this JNNP podcast coming to you from the BNPA annual conference. I caught up after the conference with Professor Christoph Helmstetter of the Department of Epileptology at the University of Bonn. Christoph had given a talk on the impact of epilepsy on cognitive function. So, Christoph, I thought I might begin by asking you how common cognitive impairment is in adult focal epilepsy. Yes, I would say it's common. It's, if not very common, and it's, I think that's, a, that's something which is often underrated. So if, if you look at very large samples of, of epilepsy patients with focal epilepsies, you will find that about 80% will display some impairment in at least one cognitive domain. So it's memory preferentially because most of the focal epilepsies are temporal lobe epilepsies. But other domains are affected as well, and and IQ may in addition be low, but that's most often due to more to uh, neurodevelopmental problems because most of these epilepsies start early in life and may thus interfere with uh, cognitive and brain development. Okay, so my next question was going to be what the main causes of cognitive impairment in epilepsy are. How would how would you categorize those? I think you can you, you can grossly categorize two two groups of factors which which cause cognitive problems with epilepsy. On the one hand, there's there are clearly and that's easily understood lesions, uh, brain lesions. These may be developmental or acquired, and uh, sometimes uh, they can also be uh, progressive. But lesions usually lead to 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 uh, to impairments which are not reversible, uh, which which are permanent and and can be progressive to some degree. On the other hand, then you have more dynamic factors, which can be reversible, which are first of all uh, anti-epileptic drug treatment, or uh, uh, seizures and interictal epileptic discharges. How, how much of a role does the psychological, by which I mean emotional impact of epilepsy, have on cognitive function in, in patients with focal seizures? That's not easily answered because you may have psychiatric comorbidity in addition to epilepsy or due to epilepsy, and cognitive problems and psychiatric comorbidity may have the same underlying pathophysiology. So what's clear is that because of mood problems, patients may non-specifically be slowed down or, or non-motivational. And what's also well known is that uh, mood problems cause patients to complain, although the, the real situation may be different. Right, right, I see. And what about the effects of interictal discharges on cognition? You've mentioned that seizures can impact on cognitive function. Yeah, yeah, sure. See, I think the the impact of epileptic activity is is evident in seizures. You have po- ictal impairment that's clear, and post-ictal impairment. Sometimes also uh, some pre-ictal impairments. The 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 effect of interictal activity is much more difficult to rate. And, and I think, particularly in, in the focal epilepsies, the, the effect is more non-direct than direct. And you can see that, for example, if you get patients seizure-free, then you, have, then you see nice uh, recovery from impairments, uh, some reset of the total system. This may take years, but this is seen after surgery, but also if with uh, successful medical treatment.
Mm-hmm. And in patients uh, who are followed longitudinally, what, what's the, what, is the, what is the course of cognitive function over the, the long term in patients with continuing seizures? It's astonishing stable. Uh, normally, you would say it must become worse with seizures, but uh, normally it's more, more like that, that uh, mental decline along aging and the longer duration of epilepsy runs pretty much parallel to age related cognitive decline you see in healthy subjects. So uh, this points that most problems may rise at the onset of epilepsy or around the onset or even before. And there are now more and more studies showing that that even that even in new onset and newly diagnosed epilepsies you find uh, impairments in up to 70% of the patients. So I would say the chronic epilepsy if there is not an underlying disease which is progressive, normally does not add that much to the impairments you see already at the beginning of the epilepsy. Right. Though it would be true to say that that an episode of status epilepticus could have some impact on cognitive function if it were prolonged. So longitudinal studies show that the worse or the the, the more severe the disease or the the more severe the epilepsy, but this also means the more severe the underlying condition of the epilepsy. Yeah, then, then you have a higher risk of generalized tonic-clonic seizures. It may be that patients, as you say, get a status epilepticus, and, and these can be conditions which, which, which change the cognitive situation of the patient significantly. Yes, absolute. But that's not the rule, and that's I think, is important to say, because in the heads of most people is the idea, it, it's, it, you know, the longer duration, the more, the more accumulation of, 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 of damage and the worse it must become. But that's not true. Thank you. So uh, I know that you've devoted quite a lot of energy to investigating the effect of anticonvulsant drugs on cognition. Can you, can you give us some insight into that? Yes, shortly. <laughs> I think, I think there's, there's hardly any, any antiepileptic drug which, which does not cause a problem if it's overdosed. So uh, I think that's comparable for at least all traditional antiepileptic drugs that they cause problems if, if you have faster titration rates and, and a higher drug load. I think polytherapy is surely a problem in, in most patients, and, it, uh, and particularly if it comes to three, four, or even five antiepileptic drugs. You may say that the newer antiepileptic drugs as a trend have more favorable cognitive profiles than the older ones, but there are surely a few drugs which, you, which, which are exceptions and which, which, you should monitor, which you should monitor. But this is more or less, I think, known from, from, from recent reviews on, on the major effects of antiepileptic drugs. So you know, you, you know the bad guys you have to take care of and then then you can monitor the problems and i would say it's it's better to give an antiepileptic drug to get a patient seizure free and then to monitor cognition uh, before you say let's not give this drug uh, uh, because it might cause some problems mm-hmm. and is there an approach to monitoring the cognitive impact of the drugs that you would particularly recommend as i said already just asking the patient is is one approach. It's maybe better to ask the relatives because they give more objective report. But if there is any doubt, I, I I would I would 
indeed uh, prefer to to run a short screening test and to do the, to do this repeatedly and and just to 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 get an objective picture and, and then you may change the situation if things become worse yep thank you and there's been some evidence recently on the dangers of maternal anticonvulsant therapy for the, the cognitive functioning of the infant. Yes, yes, that's true. And it was particularly uh, valproic acid which has been blamed. But, you know, there there have been other drugs before which also are known to, 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 to cause thumbs intrauterine uh, problems. There are risks of malformations. That's known for long. But uh, it was particularly the fact that they found that IQ, children's IQ, may be reduced. And you can monitor with ultrasonic devices malformations but you can't monitor IQ and I think that's that's the major reason why this caused problems but there are recommendations to to stay on monotherapy to stay on low dose therapy to to do some prophylaxis uh, and in particular to counsel the patients in advance to 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 becoming pregnant mm-hmm. thank you and finally can you Tell us a little about the factors that predict the cognitive outcome of epilepsy surgery. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Epilepsy surgery, I think, uh, is, is can be a real benefit for patients. You know, I think about sixty to seventy percent of the patients can get continuously seizure-free with these procedures. However, there is the risk of of, of cognitive impairment in addition to what has been existing uh, before. There are three factors, three predictive factors. The first one is what you might call reserve capacity. This is the, 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 the fitter the patients at the baseline, the better the IQ and the younger the age, which means more plasticity, the better patients, these patients may come out of the procedure. The second factor is, is uh, the, function, the functionality of the tissues which are resected. And because there are now several studies which show that that uh, different surgical approaches not necessarily result in in different seizure outcomes, you may select your surgical approach uh, according to the, the to the uh, cognitive side effects, for example. And there are now many studies showing that more selective surgery is is uh, is, is indeed better than standardized large resections. Yeah, and and the third, and that's maybe a very important uh, factor, is seizure control. As I said already, if if seizures are successfully controlled, you have some over the years to in in impart some impressive recovery from impairment. Because of that, you 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 may say what well, what you have to prevent are the so-called double losers. These are the patients who will not get seizure-free and who will, in addition, experience some cognitive decline due to surgery. Thank you for, for, for such an informative interview. Okay, you're welcome.